Welcome to the Nourish Rap Podcast, hosted by two passionate clinical nutritionists whose mission is to educate, inspire, and empower people to lead a more nourishing life. Katie and Jessica value evidence-based practice, holistic healing approaches, and practical health advice, all while having fun along the way. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Nourished Rap Podcast. Um, we are following up um, today's episode with um, well, our mental, our emotional health series, talking last time about nutrition and emotional health and well-being. Um, Katie and I are very excited to have our special guest speaker today, Rachel Wilkinson, um, counsellor. So, Rachel. Um, thank you very much for being on our show, first of all, and can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into counselling and what your passions are? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me, girls. Um, I got into counselling probably 20 years ago. I first started being interested in natural therapies and bodywork. I was working in the corporate industry and had a car accident and started getting a lot of massages. Um, that led me into studying massage because it's cheaper to have all your friends massage you than pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when I was massaging every weekend, I had clients coming to me for structural issues, but there was also a lot of emotional stuff going on with them as well. And I thought, I can only help them with my experience. I don't know how to deal with mm-hmm. a death of a spouse or a marriage breakup or yeah. you know big emotional things. So that led me finally, 10 years later, to look into counselling and how I could help people emotionally as well as physically. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So um, at the end of the last podcast, we spoke about how um, emotional health and well-being is very much um, a holistic approach, which is why we're very excited to have uh, Rachel on the show because she's going to talk us through some strategies and some other sort of things that can really assist on that side of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about how what we put into the body can affect the way that we feel and the way Mm -hmm. that we act, but Mm -hmm. that actually goes the other way, doesn't it, as well? So Sure. Yeah. Sure. So the chemicals that um, that you create from food can also affect your mood. So very often if you if you have too much sugar or if you have too many carbs, you might have a slump afterwards yep. and then you have a craving for more yep. because you want to get the mood, the buzz back, or get the mood back and, and maintain your body chemistry. Um, yes, so very often um, I will find in myself if my mood's slumped or in my kids if their mood's slumped, I think, gosh, I've got to get them some protein. I've got to get them something sustainable yeah. so yeah. that I don't have to experience that as a parent, the the drop in yeah. mm-hmm. in mood, mm-hmm. meltdown. Yeah, so um, we spoke a lot about that in our last podcast, that importance. Um, but essentially we also are aware that what you think um, dictates a feeling and then therefore creates a behaviour. Yeah, so I think basically what we're trying to say is it works the other way. So if somebody's feeling stressed, that has a chemical reaction in the body. That has a response at a cellular level as well. So it's it's pretty cool that that works both ways. Yeah, Yeah. and that's why it's so important to address both. Yeah, and what you do, Rachel, we can help with the raw materials as far as the body chemistry is concerned. But you do a lot of talking therapy and helping people um, put in place structures that might 
assist them to manage their mental health better. Sure. So, I mean, Jess, we gave so much information in that first podcast. And I think it's one thing for people to have the knowledge, okay, I, I should eat better, it'll help me. But sometimes the connection between that and actually doing it is quite hard. So do you have any tips, Rachel, for helping people who might want to make a big change as far as their health is concerned? And they know what to do. They have the knowledge, but they just... They can't get there. Yeah. It's self-sabotage. It's like a brain block. <laughs> yeah. I guess sometimes when people, often when people want to make a big change, they actually have been through a big change in their life emotionally. So either they've just quit a really really stressful job or they've had a marriage breakup or they've had a relationship breakdown and that's when they realise that their eating patterns have changed. Um, so what I tend to do is look at where the stress levels are because that's where you the more you're stressed the more you want a quick fix the more you want a a quick bit of sugar because you've got so much going on in your life you're so busy Um, I would look at some distraction techniques Um, some things I do if I'm feeling really stressed and I think I'd rather have a chocolate biscuit than actually a piece of fruit um, I will have a drink of water make a cup of tea walk away from the kitchen um, maybe go for a walk around the block put some music on anything that just totally clicks my brain over to yeah. another gear. Yeah. Um, so things like exercise, walking, music, putting on a movie, any any kind of distraction techniques work quite so well. So perhaps um, for our listeners, would you recommend then, um, when, if you are aware of these sort of patterns, these emotional eating patterns or using food to soothe yourself, um, perhaps writing down like a little self-distraction list or something like that? Yeah, I, I've done that for my daughter actually. Yeah. Um, so inside her cupboard, I guess you could also put it on the fridge. I've got a list of things that she can do that makes her happy. So that's what we're looking when we have a craving. We're looking to change our mood. So we're looking for something that switches our body chemistry. Yeah. And it's usually sugar. Yeah. It's always sugar. Yeah. Or, you know, it may be it may be carbs for some people. So Which becomes sugar anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. may be a packet of chips rather than chocolate. But, yeah, um, yeah she has a list. And, and they, they actually break the neurotransmission message to your brain so they they switch it off so if she opens her cupboard and she says she's bored so she wants to eat or she wants to sulk there's a list and her list says um ruby's list of happy things and it'll be shower you know sometimes a shower is enough even just washing your hands um go for a walk ring a friend yeah. Um, sometimes that's a better thing to do than engaging yeah. in social media when you're going to... Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's another... Yeah. And I images. think what you just said, Rachel, is kind of important because what you're also saying is that usually an emotional eating or a self-destructive eating pattern, it's not about the food. No. It's about the stress. Yeah. So that's where, like, in my practice, if I can see that pattern, I'm like, well, what... It's probably got nothing to do with the food. They're just using the food yeah. as comfort. And yeah, that's yeah. where you come in because... Yeah you can help them work through their divorce or their redundancy or their bad relationship with their brother or sister or whatever that's actually underlying all the stress. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to to hammer home as well. Yeah, Yeah. and and that's why this topic is so holistic and it can sometimes need input from all dynamics. Absolutely. Mm. The word comfort is good too. If you think about what gives you comfort, it could be sleeping in. It could be, um, you know, going to yoga. It yep. could be hanging out with a friend. Yeah. So I think that's a really nice word to think of. If, if you're going to food for comfort, what else gives you comfort? Yeah. You know? 
And we talk, um, the other thing I think is, you know, we talked about this just before we went on air, which was great, coming back to that whole, um, and again, this is probably social media's fault in a way, nobody is perfect. So every now and again, you are going to have a hamburger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's okay. I mean, we had Rubens at the clinic yesterday and we're still here. (laughs) Rubens are not bad for you. Yeah. You guys are in denial. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if something like that does happen, that's a great way to then check yourself afterwards. Oh, you might feel miserable and guilty for doing it, but look at what happened in your day that made you go there and know that that's your trigger. So having a fight with my boss or having a fight with my partner or getting stuck in traffic makes me feel like this. What happens next time? What can yeah. I do? Yeah. Go to my list of things. Beautiful. Or, yeah. Yeah. or how can I even avoid that situation yeah. in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. Or look at it a different way because perspect- perspective is very important in yeah. that as well, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. Katie, you could go and live in a cave. That's the only way to <laughs> yeah. not have any stress. Because, no, but like, yeah. you know, sometimes there's things that you can avoid. Like yeah. it might be that somebody rubs you up the wrong way yeah. and you don't necessarily have to see them three techniques. times. A, yeah. 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 Mm. Absolutely. It, it is related to stress. Um, so that's really beautiful, Rachel, how you brought that up. So failure then, like what I took from that tip was that it's actually – a golden nugget because it's from that you can learn and grow yeah. and change yourself so really let's look at mistakes and live and you learn as a good thing because if you're Absolutely. not doing that how are you going to learn to do something different next time and how yeah. are you going to assist friends that come to you and say exactly. gosh this is happening to me and every time this happens I drink a bottle of wine or you know yeah. I don't talk to my family or I run away from something so even though emotional eating is a separate issue it equates to a lot of things it equates to people just feeling miserable yeah how can we feel better yeah and and, and what are the techniques that we use that work for us yes cool um i think that's a good little in like side sideway into um social media because it seems to have created this kind of society where everyone looks perfect everyone behaves perfectly everyone plates up perfect food and um you know, do you see that this, this sort of world we live in, which is very much within, you know, from a computer screen and maybe a bit of an unreality, do you oh, see yeah. that coming out in your practice and with your clients that it really affects their Absolutely. well-being? Absolutely. And it's not just online. It's, you know, sitting in a car and seeing a bus ad go past. It, it's, it's outdoor media. It's magazines. It's television. Um, I, I think we have a great... And it's an unconscious thing where you compare yourself to others. Yeah. And, I, and I think the, the most perfect thing is that we need to come back to self and self-acceptance and just say, I am how I am, I'm beautiful how I am, and I love myself for me, rather than go, oh, God, I wish I had her legs or her nose or her eyes. It, yes. We can't change that. And that it's enough because there's yeah. often this culture as well that you're not this enough, you're not yeah. skinny enough. I don't sure. Know. Yeah, yeah. So you're not blonde like, enough, you're not tall enough. Um, I think it's really about saying, yeah, you, you are, are enough. enough. Yeah, beautiful. Are there any strategies that you've got that are like basic ideas to share with people who are struggling with that so that they, they can start to accept themselves? Like how do you help people through that and, and, and loving themselves more and accepting themselves for who they are? 
Um, I do I do a few techniques. Um, a lot of things that are really helpful are even mantras and, and watching what you say to yourself because that can affect your body on a cellular level. So instead of waking up in the morning and looking in the mirror and just going, oh, my hair looks like rubbish or, you know, I wish I had a straighter nose or, you know, it's more about looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, this is going to be a good day. Yeah. You know, I feel good about myself. It's a lot of self-acceptance. Um, can you tell me what the question was again? Um, strategies for helping people accept themselves okay. more. So you're basically saying people should like talk talk to look themselves at, like the they would talk, talk to a friend. Yes, yes. absolutely. Look yeah. at even yes, be your own cheer squad. What would I say if? What would my friend say if she was looking at me? Gee, I wish I had your hair. You, your smile lights up a room. Yeah. You know, you're really fun to be around. Um, positive self-talk can really affect ourselves and even as far as weight and how we feel about ourselves how we dress ourselves how we look yeah um i use the work of byron katie which is changing a lot of thoughts to the opposite so instead of thinking oh that woman really drives me nuts you could think she doesn't drive me nuts she drives me nuts because she's telling me things about myself that maybe i could consider or you know yeah look at the way you think what's a trigger for you I'm really bored or I'm really starving or I'm really feeling crazy and just say to yourself, I'm not bored, I'm not starving, I'm not feeling crazy yeah. um, and normalise your thinking a little bit better because okay. we tend to, 95% of what we say to ourselves isn't really true, we yeah, tend to believe wow. our thoughts. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So how long, Rachel, would it take, because obviously um, when you're in that cycle of negative self-talk, self-sabotage, it can feel relentless like it's you know there's no light at the end of the tunnel and you know for people they may feel a bit silly telling themselves these things because they don't believe it so what is your suggestion around um you know making the importance of being consistent with it and when does it sort of change over to be like oh okay I actually do feel good about myself yeah it takes a lot of time um and often it can be journaling um with the Byron Katie I we would also write things down and turn it around and sometimes it's not until you write it down or really think about it actually this isn't about me this is about my partner or my kids or the person I'm cranky at it's not about them it's about me Um, sometimes you unravel childhood issues sometimes it's about you not feeling worthy Mm. Um, it can take a while it can take a while it's a process so is it important though that even if you're still feeling like this isn't working to keep at it the thing with the brain is the brain can't tell the truth from the fibs you tell yourself. Ah, okay. So it can work straight away. If yeah. you suddenly say, I'm not hungry, your body doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Your body thinks you're not hungry. So it can be instant, but sometimes there's patterns and beliefs that we've known from childhood that maybe our parents have said to yeah. us or our friends have said to us, yeah. you know, you've got a big nose, so you think you've got a big nose. Or, yeah. you know, sometimes those issues take a little while to resolve. It's kind of like an onion yeah yeah Yeah. so it depends on how long it's been there I guess if it's a new thought like I spend too much money on clothes and I think I don't spend too much money on clothes that's an investment for me and that's uh, important for my career to look good yeah that's a bit of a fib it's not but I do yeah (laughs) but then you feel better yeah yeah Yeah. and do you think it's this is something people need to do ongoing like in the world that we live in is it not important to always like talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend and constantly keep yourself in check when you're bombarded with social media and bus ads and 
bikini models and all this sort of stuff. I think it takes a certain level of maturity to and and life to get to a point where you know that that ad has been touched up. And you know, maybe nine-year-old kids don't know that. No. So that girl has a skinny waist on the bus ad or in her Instagram post, they don't realise that that has been photoshopped and changed. And, and, and I think when you get a little bit older, you're like, oh, gosh, okay, her teeth are not that shade of white. Her yeah. eyes aren't that white. Yeah. So you, there's a little bit of more, of more realism that creeps in and there's an understanding that nobody can be that perfect. Well, this brings up a good um, section of the discussion because um, that adolescent age, obviously, like you say, it comes with time, some of Mm. these things, you Mm. know, maturity, everything like that. But that adolescent stage is such a vulnerable time, especially for young girls growing up in this social media crazed um, culture. What are some ways um, we can support that um, population? That population. Yeah, like, because we see it in clinic all the time. All the time. As women, girls who are 19 and yeah. dieting and counting calories and driving themselves crazy and because if, yeah. I look at them and say, look, you look great. And yeah. they're like, oh, no, I'm fat, I'm yeah. a size 10, I need to be a size 6, or I'm a size yeah. 12, and I need to be a size 4. And it's just like, how... I mean, obviously, we know nutritionally what we can help with, yeah. but then what are some basic things we can... Or even for parents or, you know, people who are caregivers to this generation. Yeah. I think that's adolescence is such a hard time because there's hormonal, there's body chemistry things going on with you, there's hormonal stuff, there's friendship issues. There's also, it's also a time where you kind of turn your back on your parents and go to your friends for advice too. And their advice may not necessarily have the wisdom that um, your parents have. So in some situations, I would say talk to a guidance counsellor at school. talk to your parents about seeing someone else because often it's easier to talk to someone else yeah. even another adult if you're not communicating well with your parents um, but also for the parents just to keep the lines of communication open yeah. don't always be um, angry or checking in or spying just you know how was your day today is often a really good in to keep the lines of communication open so your child can talk to you about anything Yeah. so you know when issues are coming up mm-hmm. yeah and do you think, like I often, I actually ask a lot of my adolescent clients, okay, let's have a social media detox. Yeah. Mm. And I say, go through and look at who you're following. And yeah. do they make you feel good about yourself or not? Because if they don't, right, don't follow them. I don't know if that's a good idea and or also, not, but they what, seem to respond to it. What about so. a friendship detox? Yeah. Does this friend make you feel good about yourself? No, I always come away and I always feel judged or I always feel less than mm. because she's always picky or, mm. um, yeah, social media detox, but real life detox as well. But it's yeah. hard at that age, isn't it? Because you're so prone to peer pressure and wanting to fit in and sure. having friends and things like that, isn't it? Um, but like you say, it's a bit of a life experience journey, isn't it? And it coming yeah. back to, again, that life is not always sunshine and rainbows and yeah. things like that. And sometimes there's external groups outside of school too that you're part of, like a sporting group or a church group or um, a theatre group or something else. And if if there's a better connection with those people that they make you feel good about yourself, then go there. Yeah. I yeah. love that, Rachel. That's so good too. And the, I think this is awesome for 
anyone, any person, but to simply walk away from an experience, whether it's at work, with your friendship groups, um, your relationships, family, and just say, how do I feel after that experience? Yes. Mm. That is awesome. Mm. And then to not feel guilty. That's something you've always got to work on, don't you? Like when you're around people that, oh, that person really doesn't make me feel good. And then you almost feel guilty about, oh, I I actually don't want to spend much time with them anymore. But you feel guilty about it, even though they don't make you feel good. Yeah. But it's just, you know... So that's probably more about boundaries too. Yes. Do I need to be around this person? Can I extract them from my life or if I work with them how will I feel better about myself in speaking to them yeah Yeah. how can I manage the relationship so that it's not as toxic yeah Yeah. because there will be people that you need to spend time with and you probably necessarily don't get along with them Um, but how do I manage the communication so I don't feel they're getting under my skin or yeah what words and techniques can I use to say hey thanks thanks for that information Yeah. yeah and I think what you said before about, you know, seeing a professional, talking to a guidance counsellor, talking to someone externally is a really good message to have because we are finally starting to normalise mental health yes. and recognise that, like, it's perfectly okay for somebody to go and see a counsellor. I think or, it's necessary. Yeah, like, sure. really, I yeah. do. Yeah. You know, to function these days yeah. and to maybe reach your full potential yeah. and to manage these kind of situations that come up i think the word mental health is that is where the stigma lies that we think oh we must be mental to go and see a counselor but um you know so life coaches have become popular and i think it's even just that word yeah so if you look at a counselor as just a guide and very often in my role as a counselor i'm sitting with someone and they've got the answers themselves yeah yeah but they just need to work through and get to them And they fix themselves. I don't fix them. I just sit with them and we use techniques and ways of working for them to unravel their own key. And yeah. that's so awesome and a great way to look at it, guys, um, that, you know, life coach or, you know, that sort of term um, is that, you know, we're born into this world with absolutely no ideas on how to navigate through it. Right. You know, um, yep. we're relying on our family and however we grow up on creating our beliefs and everything like that so I really think yeah Mm. it's just um it's a bit crazy to think that we go through life and not have this external support from people who can really help yeah Mm. and I think um also Rachel I wanted to ask you about like um what we touched on something interesting before we went on air um around parents and adolescents or parents and kids Mm -hmm. and you know I always encourage um, I love working with pregnant women and people with young kids because I I'm like look you are the example to your child the way you relate to food the way you feel about your body the way you fuel yourself your child will mimic that sure Yeah. yeah So my daughter uses the excuse that when I was pregnant, I ate a lot of donuts. So she thinks that she, you know, I read an article somewhere that said when you're pregnant, you're setting your, your child's yeah. diet up. And um, I did eat a lot of donuts. Yeah. Um, so she'll say to me, it's your fault, mummy. I think, well, I don't have donuts at home. Yeah. But children are manipulative. Children are, um, 
Yeah, and I think also if you're a busy parent and your child's saying to you, can I just have this, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, sometimes you enable that behaviour because you just want them to stop crying in the supermarket or you just want a quick fix while you're putting dinner on, you want to give them something. So, yeah, we definitely need to be conscious of how we're feeding ourselves but also what we're showing to our kids because if I say, no, you can't, and then I go home and have a chocolate, I've got to hide under my bed sometimes to eat chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and also I think that goes, um, it also goes to that level of, you know, um, if if adolescents have issues around food and their body image, um, I always wonder what's going on in the household. Is yeah. that coming from, yeah. um, you know, we have to be so careful around minds that are under our influence and make sure that we're talking about food in a healthy way and not about yeah, calories yeah. and weight that's and all right. this kind of Katie, stuff. And it's being balanced as well rather than being the mother that says you can't have chocolate. Um, you can have chocolate sometimes. Yeah. Or we can agree that at the end of the week you get a small chocolate because um, if you restrict anybody from anything, they're going to really, really develop cravings because they think it's a real treat or a, yeah. a, a guilty thing and there'll be an emotional response around it. Um, I forgot what I was going to say there. I think... Um, yeah, if, if we're depriving people of something, they're going to want it more. Yeah. Because yeah, my daughter said, absolutely. I can't wait till I'm an adult so I can eat as much fried food and chips as I yeah. want. Uh. Like, I really hope not. <laughs> and yeah. on the other end of the scale, we want to make sure that we have a good view of ourselves so that the yeah. people that are under our care, the kids and everything, aren't yes. like, oh, my mum thinks she's overweight, so I must be yeah. overweight yeah, too. That's yeah. right. My mum yeah. doesn't talk nicely to herself, so it must right. be normal to, yes. to, to, to hate yourself. Yeah, yeah, or if you're asking kids, does this dress look okay on me? Do I look fat in this? Yes, yeah. or is my bum big? Or, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't eat that. I'll have to go to the gym and work it off for three hours. Yes. Like, do we want to be using that kind of language around... And even if you're not yeah. saying it directly to them, even if you're just getting changed all the time or not yeah. happy or... And they hear things too if you're saying it to other people or saying on the phone or that person is um, a such and such and you're, even your descriptive language. Yeah, they're so perceptive, hey? Mm. Yeah. 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 So really big um, topic that we've touched on here today. So, you know, some really good advice yeah. from Rachel around distraction techniques when there's emotional eating, um, setting a good example as a parent or a caregiver and actually working on your own self-talk and your own mm. body image so that yep. your child can have a positive relationship with themselves as well. Mm. Um, yep. You know, some really good techniques around, um, you know, dealing with toxic situations and everything as well, which is awesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess, did you have any other questions for Rachel um, before we start I guess to- like... Amongst all this, like we're telling or, you know, we're discussing this, but how important is having, like, awareness that there is actually connections with everything, like the way we think and then the way we behave? Is awareness a really important part of this picture? Yeah, I think so. And and even being aware of what's coming up in your life, what stressful situations might come up. So, and being compassionate with yourself and allowing things to fall apart when they do. Okay, so I've got a family event coming up. That might make me stressed. I need to just book in a massage afterwards or looking at self-care as well. Yeah, that's Yeah, because that's going to bring your stress levels down. Or book in some time, you know, knowing that you can, okay, well, 
be in this situation for a few hours and then I need to just take myself away and go for a coffee on my own or something like that. Yeah. 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 A lot of people do struggle with that self-care though, don't they? Yeah. They see it as being selfish, like they're always putting others first. Mums are a big one yeah. for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it is important, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And um, you mentioned being kind to yourself when things do go out of whack or something doesn't go to because plan. Because if, if, if you then feel guilty or depressed about it, it, it the pattern's just going to continue so spiralling out of control. Yeah. Mm. So you can just say, okay, that situation triggered me to eat this. I know next time what I need to do. Yeah. Or have it planned in your diary. Okay, I'm going to have lunch with my old boss. She's going to stress me out or it's going to be emotional for me. After that, I'm going to yoga. Yeah. Or I'm going for a walk yeah, to the park. Or awesome. I'm going to see my friend who has a really cute dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Puppies solve everything. Oh, yeah. they do. <laughs> and it's not selfish because at the end of the day, if you don't look after yourself, you're not going to be around or you're not going to be in putting your best self forward to look after all the people that depend on you yeah. in your job yeah, exactly. and your family and in your life in general. So, And self-care doesn't have to be indulgent or expensive. You don't have to yeah. go to the day spa. No. Yeah. You just need to look at the things that make you feel good. Yeah. yeah. Like someone else doing the dishes. Or yes, yeah. that's right. Sleeping in for 15 minutes. Yeah, or just laying in bed for five minutes with no distractions. Yeah. Having a bath. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, but... It really hones in that it's very individualized, isn't it? Like sure. it's just not yeah. a one. Give it, give these strategies, and they're going to work definitely for you. It's about um, yeah. analyzing, oh, well, what does make me feel good? Yeah, yeah, making it personal. Personal, yeah. I think that's an awesome spot to um, to wrap things up because you know we want to we want to leave on that note of self care because there are five things we think go a long way as far as self-care is concerned on the Nourish Wrap. So just a reminder that um, we really um, emphasise eating whole foods most of the time, making sure that you're getting good quality sleep, um, switching off for a couple of minutes at least every day, you know, just having some downtime, making sure that you're choosing movement um, regularly and it's something that you actually enjoy and listening to your own body, which was essentially the essence of today, getting to know yourself, what your values are, and doing things that feel right for you. So thanks so much, guys, for joining us again on another episode of The Nourished Wrap. Um, thanks, Rachel, again for being thank here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you guys next fortnight. Bye.